Hey everyone, welcome to Screened on the Spot. We have a very special guest with us today. He is a uh, screenwriter and director, Kevin Wilmot, who is from the area. He teaches at KU. He was one of my film professors at KU. So uh, very special for me personally to have him on the show with us. And uh, he's doing big things right now. He co-wrote uh, Black Klansman, which is a Spike Lee joint. So uh, that's going to be really excited. But uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on our show. Oh, thank you, Chris. Dunn. And don't don't hold that against me that I was your professor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I took several classes with you. And it's just so great to catch up with you after all these years. And when, yes, we, when we first... Uh, we're reunited. I love how you mentioned you're like, you didn't have a beard back then, did you? Yeah. And I said, no, I couldn't grow one back then. <laughs> Kevin, we can't blame you for Chris's love of uh, Real Housewives, right? <laughs> well, no, no, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I constantly get made fun of because uh, I'm a big Bravo fan, but that's my wife's fault. That's not, oh, uh, sure, sure. That's not Kevin's fault. Um, no, I, I, I'd take the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'd only hold me accountable if you made him watch that stuff and write about that no, in film class. No, I, <laughs> I would, yes, that, yes. that would be but pretty we, we all, Yeah, we all have a guilty pleasure there, right? <laughs> exactly. sure. Okay, so since we're on the topic, what, what would you say is your guilty pleasure? You know, I, I you know, mine are just, you know, old, bad movies, you know? <laughs> uh, just, like, I'll watch... And don't tell anybody this, okay? But, <laughs> but, but I watch I watch John Wayne movies. You know? Okay, and, yeah. You know, and and I know you know how bad John Wayne really is. <laughs> you know? But but I I grew up with those movies, and and some of them when I when I watch when they come on, I just, I just have to watch them. You know, so that's my that's one of my main bad guilty pleasures that that, that I don't like to talk about. <laughs> I still think that's, that's not so bad. That's pretty respectable. That's a pretty good bad. Yeah, movie. yeah, exactly. That's not too bad. Um, well, let's first talk about, we'll go back in time, and uh, you grew up in a small town, uh, Junction City, Kansas. Uh, tell us about what your childhood was like and what inspired you to become a filmmaker. Well, Junction City was a great, great place to grow up. You know, it's a small town. It's adjacent to uh, Fort Riley, uh, and which is the big red one. And, and my family was like, you know, we were not in the military, so it's a very different kind of world when you live in an army town and you're not part of the army you're not part of the military mm -hmm. and uh so you know you know that the thing that made you know junction city really unique i think was the the diversity and this back in those days diversity wasn't even a term yet but you know soldiers would bring their war brides back home and so you know, I grew up with, you know, black and Japanese guys and black and German and white and Japanese and black and Filipino and black and Italian and, and black, you know, uh, black and Vietnamese and black and Korean and white and Korean. And that's just my whole neighborhood I'm growing up in, wow. in a little small town in Kansas. <clears throat> and I think, you know, it was great because it, it taught you that that race doesn't matter and that race does matter. And that's one of, I think one of the complications about race is that, is that, that, that kind of, you know, complexity, that, that kind of conundrum there of how it, it matters and yet it doesn't matter. And, and how it matters is that, you know, back then uh, diversity wasn't a term and no one was celebrating diversity. And so that, that amazing, beautiful diversity that we had in Chelsea was, was an embarrassment to the town and Junction City got a bad reputation because 
there were so many biracial people there. And, uh, and the other part of it is that race does matter because one of the things that we learned kind of growing up is that you have to be proud of who you are and you have to kind of know who you are and be proud of that and, and, and not be ashamed of it because, you know, in various ways, you know, people were constantly being told that they should be ashamed in various ways. And so that, that whole thing had a, I think kind of without really even knowing it had a kind of a big influence on me. And the other thing was that we went to the movies every weekend and, um, you know, <laughs> back then, you know, we didn't go to kid movies. We, you know, we went to monster movies and, <laughs> and, you know, cowboy movies and, and, you know, we, but we never went to Disney movies. They, they'd beat you up a night in money. And so, you know, that was, that was, you know, and, and of course the big influence on me was, was, in the seventies, you know, growing up with, with black exploitation films. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was a, that was a great period to, you know, to, to go to the movies. I mean, there was a different black exploitation movie every week there for, you know, three or four years. And so that was a, that was really great. And that really kind of, you know, that and Gordon Parks and all of that was kind of a really a big influence on, you know, kind of making me believe I could be a filmmaker. Great. So, uh, what? When did you leave Junction Junction City? To sure. Well, I uh, um, I was an activist. I was, you know, I went to a small co- college in Salina, Kansas, called Marymount College, small, small Catholic school, run by the Sisters of Saint Joseph. And the Sisters of Saint Joseph, you know, were a radical group of nuns, and they were the hippest people in the world and uh, and they taught me a lot of great radical stuff (laughs) and uh uh and uh i uh came back home after i graduated was an activist in church city for a few years and started some homeless shelters and we integrated the fire department there and we you know did various things and uh then i went to nyu and i went to nyu in in 1986 and uh and came back in um, uh, came back in ninety one to to really start my first film Ninth Street. So I came back in ninety one. I've been here really ever since. So where did um, where did teaching kind of come into your your brain? Like you went to NYU. I assume what was your interest in school, and then where where did the teaching part come into play? Well, I had this great uh, professor at NYU. His name was Tad Moselle. He was a famous playwright and um he run, won a Pulitzer prize for this play called all the way home and um and he said you should always teach a little bit and a lot of my teachers at nyu were filmmakers or playwrights and teachers obviously professors and so um when i was uh came back to lawrence and i was making my film ninth street and um, and I, I was approached by someone to maybe teach a class at KU, and um, and that's how that's how I became part of the KU faculty. And how uh, how long have you been there? And what are, what are you teaching? What kind of classes are you teaching there? Yeah, so <clears throat> I um, I think I've been there uh, not quite twenty years now, mm-hmm. and um, and I teach I teach screenwriting every semester. And I teach a class on the history of African-American images in film. 
and I teach a class on um, uh, anti-war films and um, and black exploitation films and uh, a few others. Oh, okay. Well, and you've been inspiring as a teacher. You've been inspiring young adults. Uh, you inspired me when I was in film school to continue on this path. Uh, what's your favorite part about teaching students? Well, you know, you know, like you're saying. I mean, it's it's you know when you when you kind of you kind of get to relive your life a little bit when you teach. You know, you kind of get to share things that you hope and believe are true. And then, you know, you kind of get to share them in the context of teaching that, that kind of encourage you and you, and it's great to see, you know, you, you know, it's great to be able to encourage others. I mean, you know, I, you know, growing up, there was, there was no video cameras there. There was no video, you know, there was nothing to, mm-hmm. I didn't have access to anything to make a film. And I wanted to make films when I was a kid, but there was nothing there. And, and so I wrote plays instead, and that's really kind of how I became involved in theater. And so, you know, you, and I'm glad. I mean, the theater thing has been a great, you know, great teaching. And I, I just wrote a play, um, and that's going to hopefully maybe be in New York, uh, maybe in another year or so. <clears throat> and great. Um, but but you know, teaching is just a, I, I, it's just a great experience. I mean, you just you know, I love interacting with students I, I love the discussions we get into i mean it, you know i feel selfish because I, I i think i sometimes get more from it than i'm giving you know uh and but it's just it's just a wonderful kind of environment to be in i mean the best thing about college is i think most people that have been to college i mean you know it, you get to you get to you know hang around people that want to talk about cool stuff right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know and it's I mean, if life was just that, if that's all you did in life, that would be mm-hmm. that would be pretty good, you know. I mean, and I think if we could just sit and talk about film all day, every day, yeah. and oh, yeah. for it, we would definitely <laughs> yeah. want to do that. Who, who, who would want to do that, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. That's, that's what it's all about, and 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 so you know, that's I mean, to be around people that are trying to figure things out, that is a really great environment to be in. And so anyway, it, it's um, you know, it's it's a it's a great I mean, it's a, I learn a lot. I mean, I think I've become a better filmmaker and uh, screenwriter by having to share those those ideas and thoughts and, 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 and having students challenge me and question me and kind of have to explain it back. I mean, all, all of that makes you understand things a lot more. Well, how do you balance uh, teaching with your filmmaking, especially now that, you know, you're, you're – I don't know, being you're more attached to these more high profile projects and working with people like Spike Lee, how, how do you balance the, both of those careers? And does that, what, how do, how have your students been reacting to, to that? Sure. Well, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but, but I'm glad I did it. So when they hired me, I was a, you know, a working filmmaker. I just made nice street and I was, a, and I was a working screenwriter and, um, and they, uh, you know, and I said, well, you know, I didn't know how great a job teaching was. That mm-hmm. shows you how stupid I was. <laughs> so I said, I said to them, well, you know, I can only really give you a day a week. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be, you know, you know, egotistical. Right. I, mean, I, sure. just yeah. I just mean, you know, cause I was busy cause I was writing and stuff. And, uh, and so all my classes are on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and, so the rest of the week, 
Uh, oh. I have a office hours on Thursdays for a little bit, and uh, the rest of the time I'm um, trying to make movies and write movies and things like that. Do you find it so, difficult at all, like doing any of this, you know, from Lawrence? No, it's been really great. I mean, to me, you know, it's the perfect kind of world to live in because I, when I was in New York, uh, you know, when I first got a grad school there, um, you know, I was just kind of frustrated and nothing was happening. And I think you have to go someplace where you can get things done. And I came back to Kansas to make my first film. And then when KU hired me, that allowed me to, to, to make more movies Mm -hmm. and, you know, working with Matt Jacobson, who's a professor at KU also, and he's been my main collaborator, um, you know, and, and it's that, that has been just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gift to me. And uh, I think that, you know, you want to be someplace where you can do things. And if you're not, if you're not doing things wherever you're at, then, you know, you're not really, not really helping yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And, so you want to you want to try to you know find a, if you're you're busy that they're doing cool stuff then that's great but if you're not then you've got to get in, in, into a space where you can get things done and you got to get and that usually means you need help you need other people to help you and so for me that's that's what teaching has been and that's what being in Lawrence has been uh you know Kansas City is a great place to make movies this area is a great place to make movies um, you know, I, I have no regrets about it at all. And, and it was really making CSA that, uh, that's where I was introduced to Spike Lee. Okay. So we're going to kind of touch on the CSA thing in a second, but I want to know, so you're, you're kind of known obviously for your work with, um, African-American history and race issues. So what draws you to projects about race and history? Is it just more your how you grew up or something else? Yeah, I mean, I think the growing up is a big part of it. I've always been kind of a an activist type person. Um, I'm still an activist in various ways, and I was an activist when I was, uh, you know, first got out of school. Even when I was, you know, an activist, even when I was in high school, I got thrown out of high school because I was an activist. <laughs> 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 it's one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life. Um, you know, I think all of that kind of, you know, you know, I think when you, whatever you, you're given in life, in a sense, you know, whether it's good or bad, uh, you got to kind of assess it in terms of, is this who you are? And, and you know, one of the things that, that I'm really glad I did, that I, you know, you do a lot of things wrong, but one of the things I think I did right was that I, I concentrated on doing the things that telling the stories that I wanted to tell, whether or not they were popular or, right. mm-hmm. or, you know, commercial or whatever. And, and that has allowed me to, I think, you know, just doing it, continuing to do it allows you to kind of finally kind of get good at something. And, uh, and that's, I think that's just really important. I mean, that's the only way you kind of improve as a filmmaker is you've got to keep doing it. And, and, and so that's, that's for me, uh, you know, that was the thing that drove, drove me was movies and about race, probably the black exploitation movies and those things were part of it, you know, probably just, you know, you know, I think the problem pictures, that's one of the things I teach in my African-American images class, the problem pictures 
that I grew up with as a as a young kid, the Sidney Poitier movies that really kind of were there to deal with the problem of race and all of that. That that really showed me that that movies are also a way that you can kind of fight back and you mm-hmm. can address problems and you can educate people. I mean, I grew up in Kansas, right, and so I was surrounded by people that were asking me dumb questions about being black my whole life. Right. And so I had to educate them. I had to, you know, and so I had to, I had to either, sometimes there were racist things they would say. And so I learned how to respond by kind of putting them down in a funny way. Mm -hmm. And and so that, that that really is something I use in my movies now. Yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, And, but also I, guys that were my friends who really wanted to understand, I had to just really educate them. I had to kind of, and so I remember educating my teachers in grade school. I remember bringing an Ebony magazine to school in the, right after Martin Luther King was killed. And I should tell you this story real quick. So I was in fourth grade and, um, and I was the current events kid, you know? And, uh, and so uh, I was at home that evening and uh, the flash on TV, Martin Luther King has been assassinated. My mm-hmm. mother, she starts screaming and hollering. She goes on the front porch. She's crying, screaming on the street. My brother and my father, and there was another older gentleman who was down at our house uh, visiting. He, they were all having to pull my mother back in the house and she's totally distraught, you know, weeping and everything. And I turned to my brother when we got in the house, I said, who's Martin Luther King? Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I went to school the very next day and I raised my hand, the current events kid. And I said, Hey, Martin Luther King was assassinated last night. Mm-hmm. And my teacher said, we won't be talking about that. Wow. Oh, gosh. See, and I was and, kind of wondering, you know, if you were even sheltered a little bit from that, because it sounded like that junction city was pretty diverse back then, but you really did experience all that stuff still. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was weird in that sense because the neighborhood was great because we had each other, but, but, you know, the rest of town wasn't like our neighborhood. Right. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so, and you know, you know what happens when you tell a, a kid, we won't be talking about something. That's all they want to talk about after that. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, what, exactly. And what did you say to her when she said that? Did you just sit back well, down? I, what I, what I did was I, I kind of, I just, I just didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the first time they'd ever said something like that to mm-hmm. me that we wouldn't talk about something. So, I kind of went into it myself and I started, I found out who Martin Luther King was myself. And I remember drawing pictures of him and, and looking and finding him in magazines. And, and I remember taking an Ebony magazine to school and showing it to my teacher. And, and she said, everybody in this magazine is colored. And I said, yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, was, I, was, I look back on it now and I was educating her. Wow. And, and so... So that's kind of been a part of, you know, I guess teaching has been a part of my experience growing up in Kansas my whole life, really, and uh, teaching about race in a sense. And so, and I and I and I don't regret it. In fact, I I, I told my kids, my kids do it now, and 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 I tell young people when they, especially you know, young African American students, that when they get frustrated about kind of getting a dumb question about something, I, I tell them, well, w- would you rather have this person be ignorant about mm-hmm. what's going on or, or, I mean, or not? I mean, you have, mm-hmm. 
it's unfair. It's kind of frustrating, and and I know it ticks people off, ticks young people off a lot these days. But you you have an obligation to help people along the way. Well, when you talk about teaching about racial issues, uh, you wrote and directed CSA, like you mentioned, Confederate States of America, and it's about if the South had won the Civil War. And it premiered at Sundance, won over the hearts of critics, and now 14 years later, in this day and age, would you say your film is more important than ever for people to see? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it was very, it's been very heartening to kind of, because when I wrote and directed CSA, people didn't quite understand why I did it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and and now that they've taken all these Confederate monuments down around the country, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're hiding in plain sight kind of problem. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. It was it was always all around us and it was influencing us and it was and it was kind of, you know, lying to us you know, our whole lives and and you and you just don't see it. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about white people, I mean I'm talking about everybody. African Americans didn't see it, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and still CSA still offends. I get, you know, I get, uh, you know, usually uh, a letter or a call or somebody something every year or so. You know, somebody will say I was teaching your movie in 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 one of my classes, and now I'm fired or something. Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you know. And, I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to hype it up, but I think it's the most. I would say it's the most controversial film ever made because, you know, so many people have been fired and or have had problems. Have had to apologize to schools for showing the film. Um, you know, about about a year, almost two years ago now, I got a call from the New York Times, and um, the guys that had created um, the uh, HBO show. Um, what's the big fantasy show on HBO? Game um, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Those guys were going to try to create a a TV show called Confederate, which was based basically on my film. I wow. would watch that. And, yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but these these guys they they had no clue to the dynamite they were dealing with, mm-hmm. and so they they because they were big successful Game of Thrones guys they put out this photograph of these two white guys talking about making a TV show about slavery going on today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not a good promotional. Background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and so, so they, they were pounced on and they gave up the idea. Why did they not ask you to take over something like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, and, 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 and even, even, if you know, and that's where I'm at, Spike. But you know, and I, you know, we both talked about this a lot. I mean, even if they had approached us with, because we 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 told them we know what you're doing and you're ripping us off. I mean, they were they <laughs> had the basic idea, and um, and if they had come around and said, well, we want you to maybe work on this with us. I mean, that was really going to be a real question of whether or not we were going to do it or not, mm-hmm. uh, because. You know, it's one thing to make a film. I mean, you know, people understood why I made the film, but I, but but it's it's kind of good and bad because um, you know if if a white guy with mm. the same intention that I had to make the film 
you know, made that film, um, a lot of people would be against them. Sure. And, and, and that's kind of tells you how far we need to go racially in this country. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, uh, I mean, that's, that's a real barometer of how much work we still have to do. But one of the things that the Game of Thrones guys did, they, they, they didn't even kind of know going in that this was going to be a powder cake. Right. So they didn't, they didn't really understand at all what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize the impact that it was having. No, not at all. I mean, this, I mean, that is the, you know, I mean, you know, I've had one of my actors that was in the film was a, a vice president in Time Warner in Kansas City, and he was fired for being in the film. Oh, wow. wow. I mean, that's pretty amazing because, you know, this was 2004, so yeah. that it's and, still and having this. He was fired. He was fired in 2006, I think it was. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and this is after we had gone to Sundance. This is after Spike Lee had become uh, the presenter of the film. Uh, and, you know, it was. And I wrote to Time Warner. I tried to save his job, but you know they'd rather fire him than than really talk about race. Wow. And and so you know that's that's kind of the. I mean, it's still a, a really difficult, and I, I I wouldn't say in 2018 that we we've grown that much further mm-hmm. from that. I still think it's pretty tough. Well, you uh, another film you 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 wrote Chirac. Uh, you actually wrote that many years ago. Is that right? Even though it was released in yes. 2015, but it was many years ago. You how long ago was it? Well, uh, it was uh, it was like 2004, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's, you know, when I met Spike and he saw CSA and, and really loved it. And that's when he, he became the president, you know, as presented mm-hmm. by Spike Lee. Uh, I had that script in and I gave it to, he, you know, he read it and loved it. And we tried to get it, get it made. And I think it was that by that time it was like maybe 2006, something okay. like that. And, um, and, uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez was going to play Lisa Strata. Mm-hmm. And um, could not could not get it. We had two readings by DreamWorks, and and uh, just couldn't get it through at that time. And so, uh, so you know, he he called me many years later. Um, I think it was I think by that time it was two, it was twenty fourteen, and uh, it said, "Do you still have that script?" And I said, "Yeah, I still got it." He said, "Let's <laughs> let's uh, change this college uh, set in Chicago and call it Chirac." So was it? difficult to try to update it since it was so many years later or was it just unfortunately still so relevant that it didn't require much of that <laughs> it was unfortunately still very relevant <laughs> yeah. uh you know the biggest change was really just setting in chicago mm-hmm. and dealing with the specifics of the problem there you know which mm-hmm. you know i mean what is that the movie was always intended to really be a statement in general about gang violence and uh and all of that and you know i think one of the good things we did was set in chicago but it's also one of the bad things because um i think people that are involved in that problem there are uh, have been dealing with it in very specific terms for so long that it was hard it was kind of hard for them to really kind of accept uh, a movie of that style about their problem in chicago and um, you know, it was funny. The only bad reviews we got were from Chicago. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Everybody, rest of the country loves the film. Rest of the world loves the film. 
but Chicago has a hard time with it. I think mainly because they they're living in kind of a mm-hmm. you know this gun violence nightmare. Mm-hmm. So you said that Spike called you up. I'm just kind of curious about your guys' relationship and your collaborations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, um, after he presented, uh, you know, CSA and we tried to get, um, when when I originally wrote the script, it was called Gotta Give It Up. And uh, so we, we'd spend some time together and occasionally, you know, KU would lose and he would send me a text, you know, <laughs> remember KU, KU got beat by Bucknell. He just sent me the sex thing, Bucknell. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that was probably about the biggest heartbreaker. Uh, uh, bes- that, was, that was rough. That yeah. was, that was Besides the rough. KU football team, I think that that was a uh, <laughs> pretty big thing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it was really working on Chirac that we really got to know each other. And, um, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, working on Black Clans has really been fun. And then we've, I recently wrote another thing with him. Um, and so, you know, we've spent a lot of time together. And, and uh, I, I think it's, you know, he's a film geek like I am mm-hmm. and like we are. And so we, you know, one of the things we like to do, you know, occasionally is we'll just get on old movies and, and start talking about, you know, old movies, geeking out on old movies, you know, <laughs> lines, old movies and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I mean, he's, we're about the same age and, you know, we, a lot of, you know, I grew up in a very different place than he did, but, you know, we have a lot of shared experiences and, sure. and, um, so, you know, it just, uh, we just have kind of, I think become friends over time. And, but, uh, how we literally work is that it, it, you know, we just do it by email and by phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I'll, you know, typically what will happen is I'll go out to Brooklyn and, and we'll kind of structure out the movie and go through this, you know, if it's a rewrite on the script, like black Klansman was, or, or, um, you know, other things we've done, you know, we'll go through the script and we'll, um, you know, just kind of, talk about what we like and we don't like and what we want to change and mm-hmm. how we want to change it. And then, and then typically I'll do the first draft and then, uh, and then I'll send it to him and then he'll do a second draft. Hmm. Well, let's talk about black Klansman for a little bit. So it premiered in May at Cannes and won a big prize, the grand prix. So congrats on that. And it's going to be released here in August. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that's about and how I know it's based on a book, but yes, yes. Well, um, it's, it's been a, that's been a really great experience. Um, uh, I guess, you know, it, it happened so fast that I, I think it was about a year, it's about two years ago now. Um, and I have a horrible time with time and space here, but, <laughs> uh, I think it was about two years ago and, um, uh, we got a, a spike call being said that, that Jordan Peele had a, a project that, he was interested in directing and the script needed to be written, rewritten. And, uh, and so they sent us a script and we kind of talked about it. And, uh, then we went out there and met Jordan Peele and, and Bloom house, Jason Bloom and that, that, that company, uh, and kind of gave them our pitch on it. And they, they liked what we were talking about. And, uh, Jordan Peele, the only note he really gave us was he said, just make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which you seems a, a hard thing to do coming from Jordan Peele yeah. and Jordan Peele's telling you to do that. 
Yeah, well, you know, he was really cool, and and they were, you know, him and Jason Bloom were both huge fans of Spike, you know, and and you know, we were all kind of, you know, I'm a little older than those guys, but you know, that they grew up during that that period where Spike was having his success, early success, and and he influenced the whole generation of filmmakers mm-hmm. with with that independent movement that happened at that time, and. Um, and it made a lot of people believe they could make films. And so, um, so it was really, that was kind of great to see how they, they all, we all shared that same experience. And so, so we, uh, you know, we went to work on it and, and the thing about the humor element specifically, uh, specifically is that, you know, the thing that we do is that, and we, you know, I did this with CSA and I, and I think this is, I think a key component to satire or or any of things that that are humor in that vein is that it's not about trying to be funny. It's really about trying to be serious. Mm-hmm. And and the more serious you are and the more you get into the details of how you know dramatic and how how devastating or how bad or how you don't pull any punches. You go you go into it as hard and as deep as you can. And that, and then by doing that, you reveal the absurdity of it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 you know absurd that Ron Stallworth, this black detective, you know, over the phone infiltrates the Klan, and <laughs> yeah. so you 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 know you don't pull any punches on that. You go you go to the worst of what that is, and and that's where the humor is. It's not jokes. Right. It's 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 humor. Mm-hmm. That's and, funny that you said that because Kristen Chenoweth was on our show like on a sad interview today, and she said the exact same thing. She said, you know, playing the the drama out of it brings the comedy. She said exact same sentiment that you're saying right now. Yeah, I mean, it's that's I think the real key to it, and uh, and and so it's and it's not trying to be funny. It's it's not trying to find a joke. It's it to me. It's I, I like to say it's the absurdity of it. I mean. And it's the absurdity of it that people are kind of really laughing at, you know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. really, that's really where the humor kind of comes from. Um, and it's your job to expose how absurd this is, you know, and, and in doing that, and that's, and, and the only way you get to expose that is by, by kind of going there as, as much as you can. So, and it's uh, already been well-received. Like Sarah said, it won the Grand Prix, but it also had an amazing standing ovation. I think we've all read that it was 10 minutes. You were there, so maybe you can clarify how long it was or how long it felt, because I can't even imagine, <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine being yeah, in a room was... for a film that you made and just to hear it received that way. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a kind of a mind-blowing experience, I have to say. Um, it was 10 minutes. That's crazy. Wow. And and uh, they were uh, applauding and laughing out loud during the course of the movie, and and to me it was uh, the movie delivers a real gut punch at the end, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that was a big part of it. But 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 even in the bigger frame is that um, I think the world really was ready for this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Hmm. And the fact that you you've, you've got a world audience there. And and the world is is sick to death of Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And they're just sick to death of him. Mm-hmm. And they know what's at stake. They know that 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 
him and what he represents is a real threat to the to the world right now. And so the fact that the movie kind of speaks to that, mm-hmm. I'll just say, mm-hmm. uh, in various ways. Uh, the world, I think that that ovation was saying was kind of a world ovation for, you know, they loving how we did it, but also kind of, we captured a moment, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and so the movie, the world is saying we love the the movie. Now the question is, is America ready for the movie? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, now I'm even more excited. Yes, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're all so very excited to see it. I can't wait. I want to ask a couple questions about, you know, your role in, you know, the, the filmmaking process. So once you've done the screenplay, um, which you co-wrote with several people, what's your role once it's getting made? Do you, did you get to go on set every day? Um, so what's kind of the process like and, you know, seeing the actors and stuff, making the words come to life? Yeah, well, with with Chirac, I was there every day, and um, you know, it was during the summer. We he shot it during the summer. Uh, with Black Klansman, I, I couldn't be there that that much. Uh, but you know, if I wanted to be there, I could. And you know, and he, he, you know, with Chirac, he actually stuck me in a movie. You know, <laughs> times, you know, various little you know cameo little things. But um, uh, but you know, he's been very good about just being you know you know he knows i'm a filmmaker and uh you know he'll ask me about things sometimes but you know he, I mean, he's a, a genius so yeah you know i mean it, it, you know it's 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 fun to, to be on set and just kind of not have to work yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know just kind of get to enjoy enjoy the whole thing and uh uh, I wish I could have been, you know, there for more Black Klansmen, but I, I couldn't for my with my schedule. But um, but when I when I was there, it was it was really fun. And um, you know, Spike is a you know runs a really tight ship, and things move fairly quickly. And and he you know he doesn't work weekends, which I really think is a, hmm. a cool oh, yeah. thing. That's yeah. very admirable. Um, and uh, he doesn't work crazy long hours, you know. I mean, sometimes you have to stay a little long to get something done. But, you know, uh, you know, he's a very organized filmmaker. And um, and and so it's a it's a good set to be on. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure he wants to wrap up so he can go see the New York Knicks game at night. I think. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> no. So can you tell us, do you have a uh, surprise cameo in Black Klansman? You know, I don't on this one. I just wasn't there enough to do something like that. If if he would have, if there was something for me to do, you know, he he, he would have let me sit in some place if I wanted to. But, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at that age where I, I just kind of enjoy seeing, you know, um, seeing your words on the screen. You know, one of one of the big kind of pleasures for me with this one was Harry Belafonte is in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, uh, you know, he is in a scene that, that I kind of created this whole thing in a sense. And so, um, really glad that, you know, he's one of my heroes growing up Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he was in this movie called the world of flesh and the devil. And it was one of those problem pictures I've mentioned back in the, back in the days is made in the late Mm fifties. I saw it on television. And uh, that movie had a big influence on me, and um, and so you know it was it was just a, a joy to 
see him, you know, delivering some of your lines. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. So how, how do you feel about your Oscar chances? Because we're feeling pretty confident yeah. for you. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I'm just, I, I don't even like to talk about it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, if, if it would happen, it would be a, a wonderful thing. And if it doesn't happen, that's cool too. But, uh, you know, um, you know, it, you know, it's, it's something you don't, you don't even like to <laughs> you don't even want to mention. <laughs> I don't even like to even think about it. You know, I mean, you can't help but think about it sometimes when you think about it, you try to push it out of your mind. <laughs> as as you can. <laughs> well, the movie looks great and it seems, I mean, it's timely and it seems so important, but I mean, it already looks great, but we're even more excited that, that you were a part of it, just being a local guy. Well, you know, I tell you, man, it's, um, I'm really glad that I've been able to find a way to to live here in Kansas and continue to do what I do because it was funny when I was a kid and I would you know I was fantasized about making movies uh it was always just getting your friends together and making this movie you know mm-hmm. and uh and that's what I get to do now and and that's 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 pretty doggone good. Yeah, you know? that's great. No. Uh, I mean, that's nothing like getting your friends together to make a movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? Now, if you do happen to win an Academy Award, are you going to bring that? Are you going to still continue to teach, and are you going to bring that to show off to your class? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no doubt, man. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, my, when my mom's so damn absent-minded, I'll end up leaving it somewhere. <laughs> so, so. Uh, uh, no, you know, I, I've not left for anything else. Okay, so sorry, everyone. We had a technical glitch uh, with the last three minutes of our interview with Kevin Wilmot cut wah, out. Wah. Yeah, he was such a great guest, and uh, he went on to just talk a little bit more about uh, his bulletproof vest that he wears uh, while teaching at KU. Uh, you can find out more about that story if you just go on Google, type in Kevin Wilmot. Uh, KSHB, and it's the second story on Google. Yeah, we did a story cool. on it. Yeah, yeah, it was on so, TV. Yeah, yeah, it was great. We had a really great conversation with him, and sadly, you didn't get to hear the last three minutes. But we no. we wished him well and told him if he ever gets a piece of Oscar hardware that we want him back on, and we want yeah. him to bring his trophy. Yes. So, so hopefully he does. So and, then, Kevin, and then we'll steal it. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks, and Kevin. We're sorry that our. <laughs> Our computer glitch caused us to not have the rest of it. Yeah. But. We'll get that but, fixed for next time. Yes. Everyone go see Black Klansman yeah. when it comes out. Next yes. Week. August uh, 10th. And Black thank Klansman. you for listening.